This month, we are promoting Tomo, a social media platform for mental health and well-being that helps you manage the habits that keep you healthy. Welcome everyone to our 27th in our series of podcasts brought to you by Good Thinking, London's digital mental well-being service. This is Sonia Etetwani at Good Thinking, which provides round-the-clock mental well-being support for those living or working in London. In this podcast, our clinical director, Dr. Richard Graham, is in discussion with Gus Booth Clibben, co-founder and CEO of Tomo. In this episode, we'll listen in to how Tomo combines the positives of social media with behavioural activation to strengthen and give people control over the mental and physical health. Today, living with anxiety is hardly easy. People of all ages, gender and nationalities experience stress of some kind, and it seems the world moves at a faster pace. If we can understand the habits that are keeping us mentally healthy, we can do more of those habits when we're feeling a bit low. Over to you, Richard and Gus. Thank you, Sonia, and thank you, Gus, for giving us your time today. At Good Thinking, we've been really excited to be able to provide your app, Tomo, for Londoners for free. Can you help the people listening to this understand what exactly is Tomo? Tomo is an app which helps you work out the kind of easy, everyday habits you're probably already doing that are good for your mental health. And it's based on this very simple idea that if we understood what things we did were actively good for us and we did them more, we'd be more resilient. So we'd be more able to recover from a low or acute phase of common mental health conditions like depression or anxiety. And we'd also be less likely to get low or get worried in the future. And my product helps you work out what those are for you because, of course, we're all different. And my product is also a community where we ask you to take photographs of those healthy habits that you do and share them with other members of our community to help motivate yourself to do more and inspire them to do the same. Right. So so you're getting some reward from your fellow Tomo community each time you achieve one of those goals. How, how would the user of Tomo get that feedback then? Tomo works like a chatbot. It talks to you and we find this to be a really good way to help people understand what we're trying to do and also to be a little bit more empathetic because Tomo has quite a distinct personality. Yes. So Tomo will help you set up all these activities and when you take your photographs, other people can then validate them. They can say, oh, congratulations. And it's not that you have an actual conversation because what we want to do is not bring you into an online community because there are amazing ones for mental health and we're not that. We just want to get you doing these healthy activities. So all you get is a little bit of feedback within a product with the photograph you take and saying, awesome, congratulations. We see you. We see you're doing for this mental health and we're doing exactly the same thing. So it's a community of your peers. You've mentioned already that core to Tomo is something called a chatbot. And I guess a lot of people are probably familiar with that, but it might be helpful to understand how this chatbot helps you with identifying those goals that you you want to achieve. Absolutely. A chatbot for anyone who's unfamiliar with this is a little robot that lives in in the cloud or on your phone and uh, replicates the conversation. We allow you to select different answers to give back to Tomo the bot, and Tomo will then lead you through a series of therapeutic exercises. And underpinning what we do is something called behavioral activation therapy. And BA, Richard, as you well know, is a third generation psychological therapy. It, in fact, it is the B in CBT. So it's the behavioral element of CBT. It, in fact, predates CBT. But it's very good for working digitally and working with automation because it, it asks you to think about the activities you do. It asks you then to do them and report on how you feel or how they make you feel. So it's an iterative, experimental way of approaching it. And our chatbot guides you through that process. Tomo says, okay, you know, what do you want more of in your life? Do you want to be more social and more active? What do you feel is missing? 
here's a selection of activities we think might be able to help with that. Why don't you try a few, do them once a day or once a week, and then we'll check back in and see how you're doing and see if they're actually having an impact on your mental health. So in a way, if I'm understanding this, Gus, the the chatbot is almost doing the same thing a psychologist would be doing if you went to a talking therapy service, getting you to think about those activities that actually make life positive and rewarding for you. Yes. I mean, I, I should say here that we have never designed Tomo to be in any way a replacement for therapy. We see ourselves as a self-management tool. We sit alongside the work that therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists and counsellors do. And we're there to support people before, after or sometimes even during that process or for people who might not be unwell enough to warrant going or might not want to go to a therapist and we're there to fill in that particular gap in the journey. However, uh, yes, what we're doing with the chatbot is attempting to replicate some of the conversations you might have with a therapist. And one of the reasons we wanted to work with VA is that while it is a, a nice approved and internationally validated uh, way of treating particularly depression, where it is shown to be as effective as CBT, it's expensive to deliver in real life because what you really want to do is be going to your therapist, psychologist, psychiatrist, counselor, maybe once a week for an indefinite period of time to keep on going back and thinking about what these activities are doing for you to keep on working through it. And that clearly is unfeasible unless you have access to an enormous amount of money. And it's certainly unfeasible when working uh, within the, the confines of the NHS and in publicly funded healthcare. So that's why we took this approach. Of course, there is always a slight worry for those of us working in mental health that the chat might actually be rather better and possibly less bad-tempered than, than some clinical people. But it does sound like this is something that could be, as you say, sitting alongside all sorts of ways of engaging in mental health. And I guess, really importantly, a fantastic opportunity to keep going with those healthy activities and behaviours, even if you have had a period of therapy. Absolutely. I think that one of the first ways we started being able to help was uh, working with psychiatry practice at private psychiatric clinics in London and saying, this is, this is a tool you can give to people when they leave. Uh, because when you leave therapy, it's a very vulnerable moment in your journey because you've had a positive experience and a good level of support and someone has helped you work to a place where you're feeling more secure and better in quite a structured way. Um, at the end of that time, when the structure disappears, it's a time when it's, it is, you are at risk of sliding back into some low mood, some worry, some invasive thoughts. Or there's a worry you might have a kind of small drop. And we want it to be something that could just help. It could be a tool to help you support yourself through that period to get you through little dip you might have out the other side and better for longer. We often forget, actually, there's a, a big step or gap between being in some sort of treatment and even more so if you had a stay in a hospital and then returning to your life and continuing with all the things that you've been trying to learn to keep up with. So it sounds like a fantastic development. I'd like to talk a little bit more about this therapy called behavioral activation, because my sense is that Tomo, in using this, is drawing then on a lot of experience, a lot of research. So this isn't just something you've, you've come up with. You, you've actually based it on this developing area of knowledge and therapy called behavioral activation. I wonder if you could say a little bit more about how it helps, because as I understand it, when people get depressed or anxious, they start to change their behavior in a way that behavioral activation can help with. We started this with a thorough review of evidence. In fact, we started this because 
Fad, my co-founder, went through behavioral activation therapy and found it enormously helpful, where he had found other forms of talking therapies, um, yeah. much less so. So behavioral activation wants to look at your mental health entirely through or m primarily through the lens of your behavior. There's a center for the study of depression in Holland did a four-year-long longitudinal study looking at people who were at risk of getting depression and then taking reg regular psychometric measures both before, during any point they might have got low in that four-year period and then after. And one of the things they found it's amazing. It's a really interesting data set and it's still, the center's still going. And one of the things they found was that your behavior may begin to change up to 18 months before you would report feeling low or at least get low enough to want to take any kind of action. And it might change in the most subtle of ways and it's different for everyone. So for example, you might stop exercising. You might just fall off the gym wagon or I don't know, stop going out for walks or um, you know, not really be able to get, get, get on your bike or attend a yoga class. You, you're just feeling just because you're busy at work. And of course, there is a very strong link between what happens in your life and your mental health. And this is not to say that it's causative, but we can, we can see yeah. this changing. And you won't think of it as a symptom or as a warning sign that you might be at risk of then experiencing a similar mood. But if we track that and think about how it interacts with your behavior, then one of the things behavioral activation can do is, is help you know what to look for. So if you're the kind of person for whom exercise, to take this example, is a really great way to tell how well you are. And I'm sorry, my upstairs neighbors are, appear, I think, having a dance <laughs> party. Behavioral activation can help you work out what these kind of key activities that are linked to your mental health are. And not just to be a warning sign, but also to be an active form of self-management or even in the case of in-person delivers therapy, a treatment. So if you went to see a therapist for behavioral activation, they would ask you to try and work out what is missing in your life, try to work out, you know, what are, what are areas you feel things are missing. And then they would ask you to select some activities to be tested to say, okay, let's say what is missing in my life is social interaction. I would know I could be more social if I was able to comfortably go to my work Christmas party, maybe even on Zoom, and not feel worried afterwards. And then the therapist would ask you, okay, so we know this is your test. Let's try and think of some activities you can do to train yourself to get there. And maybe it's about skyping your mother, or maybe it's about going and seeing some friends, or maybe it's about committing to have one non-work-related conversation with a work colleague once a day around lunchtime to begin to feel more at home and owning that social space, which can help with some of you might, for example, um, suffer with some of the symptoms of social anxiety. This link between behavior and mental health is, is very powerful. And behavioral activation is just a framework, which we, to a certain extent, automate, which helps you see how these two things relate to each other. It's really helpful to mention that because I guess most people will think of therapy as something that involves talking. But in a sense, of course, even behavioral activation does require some conversation about those areas of life that you say start to disappear or, or that the activities that make life positive for you, you do less. And I guess that's where people could easily end up in a, a sort of vicious cycle, really, where they're doing less and less the things that make them feel positive and, and happy. And of course, then start to lose that energy and motivation to, to do something about it. The encouragement to start doing those things again itself is a very powerful therapy. Absolutely. And I really can't stress enough how different everyone is. So it's one of those things where if you talk about your mental health to people, people will go, oh, 
I could never have told. But of course you can't because I'm not, I'm not going to show you. I mean, maybe some people might talk about it, but I think for a lot of people, it's an intensely personal and private thing. And there'll be some people who suffer from low mood who go up and down, who might be in a gym six days a week. So telling them to do more exercise is silly and possibly dangerous. But they may totally cut off social contact or they may stop performing well at work or they may affect their sort of motivation to do things in their professional life. And we see, we look at, again, there's some evidence around kind of three key areas. So being active, so that's uh, physical activity, being social, so that's um, both in a sort of professional person session, also what we call basic self-care. So this is the kind of, you know, maybe you're seeing friends, you're, you're great at work, you come back home, you haven't ironed your, you haven't sort of uh, cleaned your house in two months. And you sort of get through the door and you sit down and everything just pours in and you're stuck there until you have a reason to leave again. Everyone needs a different thing, but we can help in all of these scenarios by helping people understand what kinds of activities they need to be doing. So that's a really positive message as well, that this isn't about, I don't know, running a marathon or something, Olympian. This is actually doing whatever that next step is for you that will give you some sense that things can change, things can be better, and it could be quite small for some people who are very low, might even be getting up and getting dressed, which might sound extreme, but uh, for some people that can be a real challenge. So Tomo can adapt to whatever is the right next steps for you. And as you say, that's also very personal. It is personalized as well in that all of us will find different activities uh, more or less rewarding. And we can't assume there's a one-size-fits-all approach to, to what's going to help. No, absolutely not. The point about small activities is good as well. Uh, we're definitely not, we're not a fitness tracker. We're not there to help you run that marathon or even to be the most social version of yourself. We're just there to help you be aware or being mindful of how the, these activities are good for you means that even if you don't feel like doing them, being able to do them for your mental health is a good enough reason. If, even if you really don't want to go outside and go for a walk, the awareness that actually that may help lift your mood or may help take you out of your own headspace for a while is really important and it's very empowering because it means that suddenly something which seems so totally beyond your control and so random, at least this is firstly my personal experience of it and also I know many people's experience of it, suddenly begins to get some rules. You begin to get, a, you can get a handle on it and that's a, a great relief. Yeah, so it builds hope as well as those activities that hopefully become healthy habits in time that uh, keep you well. I do really think that aspect of behavioural activation therapy, which is where a psychologist, or in, in Tomo's case, the chatbot, helps you work out what matters to you. And, and actually, that personal approach, I think, is, is a very powerful aspect of why the therapy is, is so helpful to so many. Given that you've developed this very exciting app that people can use to, to keep well and, and boost their mood and reduce anxiety. What have you had to deal with along the way that's been part of this journey of bringing it to services like Good Thinking? That's a very long list. <laughs> Fad and I, when we started the company, we were two guys, we were old friends, you know, we went to school uh, together, we've known each other since we were 16. Uh, we bonded over our common experiences of mental health, both as patients and as carers for those around us who suffer from mental health conditions. And we had this idea based on behavioral activation that Fad had been through. And we thought, okay, we'd like, we think there's something there. We think there's something right to automate. But Fad's a neurobiologist. I was working as a business researcher. We had no clue at all. So the first thing we needed <laughs> to do 
was work out where on earth to start. Because we're not, we weren't technical, we couldn't build the thing, we couldn't, you know, there's so much to learn. And we're lucky that we found great development partners and investors in our company called Activate Capital and Activate Media, and they've been our enormous support, and we still work with them to develop the product. But then once you've got this idea, and once you've, you've built something, then you go, okay, well, does it work? And both Ad and I have worked in universities before, and coming from that background, this was such an important thing we wanted to get right. We didn't want to put out a product unless we had at least some evidence that it could work. So we spent, we started the company, we first came up with the company in 2015, started going in 2016, fell flat in our face a number of times, started building in late 2016, spent a year trying to get the product to work. And even when I look back at that early product, dear Lord, it was absolutely terrible. Barely worked at all. <laughs> and, and then we had to find an academic partner to test it. And we found the very wonderful Professor Dan Frings, who's head of behavioral psychology at London South Park University, to run a study with us in 2018 to try and demonstrate that we could create sustainable behaviors and improve healthcare outcomes. And it was my enormous relief that we did. We ran a study with two 20-person cohorts over a couple of months, we showed people who used the product, started a couple of new activities, and found them easier to do over that time. So we found they were still doing them at the end. And we improved a score called the Lancer Scale, which is a score that was about happiness, which we really liked, because as much as we use psychometric scores, like the, the PHQ or the GAD7, so classic questionnaires for diagnosing the symptoms of depression and anxiety, what matters much more to us is whether we're helping people feel better on a day-to-day -day basis. And that was what we demonstrated with that study. And we have an ongoing study with them where they're looking at all of the data across this year from all of the users who come through. And then we ask users whether they'd like to opt into the study. So everyone who does, they're gonna look at that data and we're gonna look again in more detail at how we're helping people. You know, these are the sort of the two biggest challenges was first to work out, okay, how do we do this? How do we build this? And second was to work out, okay, not just even if it works, but are we safe? We're so worried we do unintentional harm that we would, I don't know, encourage people to do obsessive habits. So we'd be sort of dangerous to people with maybe an obsessive side to their mental health, or that we would simply just make people feel like they'd failed if they couldn't do it or didn't want to do it. These were real worries for us. And those are probably the two greatest hurdles we've had to overcome. Well, that makes huge sense. But I, I guess for many of the listeners to understand that this is a product, an app that was developed having been through mental health difficulties, working out what helps, and then being utterly committed, not just to the safety of your users, but to making sure the app does everything it can, I guess, to, to be effective and to help them, as you say, have that better, more positive experience. That's, that's terrific. The name is quite striking. I'm glad you think that. Tomo, where's that from? If anyone, if anyone's ever named a company, it's pretty difficult. I think some people, obviously, the name comes in with a flash, and most of us just sit there. Fad and I sat in a shared co-working space in London for three days, trying to come up with a name, <laughs> trying to come up with a name which hadn't been taken in the well-being space. And Tomo is a Japanese unigender nickname, which means wisdom or friendship, depending how you on the kanji you used to write it, because. My um, Saudi Arabian co-founder is an avid Japanophile. He was like, what about this? And I right. said, okay, fine. And the name has stuck. And the reason we like it is that as a name, it means that Tomo, the chatbot, can be a character, can be a person with whom you interact. Yeah. And that's really important for us. 
I think that's the thing, you know, we thought it would be temporary, it would be changing. But as you do more and more, your name becomes more recognized and people don't question it. But it's short and it's memorable. We can play around with it. So our website is Hello Tomo because Tomo will say hello back. And that's the first thing you say when you download the app. Given that you haven't just had a light bulb uh, going off in the last year and have just thrown an app together, there's many years of hard work that you're telling us about. I wonder if at this point you've got a sense of any groups any types of problem that you feel are, are, are really being helped uh, by using Tomo? Or, or, or is it just something that anyone can use, can get benefit from? I mean, the answer is yes and yes to both. Always <laughs> say yes. If we're thinking, Richard, with your hat on, your clinical hat, I should say, Tomo works best for people suffering from mild to moderate forms of depression and anxiety disorders. We work best, we believe, the average PHQ score for people coming onto our product at the moment through good thinking, mostly, is 11.4. To explain what that means, you're definitely having a hard time, but it's not so bad that what you should do is immediately go to your doctor. And that's our kind of sweet spot, for want of a better word. That's where we operate best, with people who definitely understand that they're having a hard time, that things are more difficult than they should be, or that they're having to spend some time each day calming themselves down. But it's not the point where people would be considering either uh, going on to medication or altering a dosage or going back into therapy. That's where we work best. I think that because depression and anxiety are, com are comorbid with so many other, not just mental, but also physical long-term conditions, we can be helpful for people who are dealing with multiple healthcare conditions. This is a sort of important thing. These things all interact and the activities you recommend are all really good for you. They're good not just for your mental health, but you know, they underpin the risk factors for all of the enormously painful and, and indeed for health systems costly long-term conditions like diabetes, like heart disease, like liver disease, like maybe to a certain extent, things like COPD and alcohol-related problems. Uh, chronic pain and acquired back pain, the full suite of problems that many people go on to acquire, particularly later in life, we can help with. And building these activities, particularly earlier in your life, can have a, a marked effect on your healthcare outcomes. And certainly one of the things we are looking to do with some new contracts we have coming live in 2021 is to begin to work with people who do not just suffer from the symptoms of depression or anxiety disorders, but are also diagnosed diabetic or have hypertension issues and are looking to see how their behavior can be used to manage their health care more broadly. It's often said that many of the health challenges of our day are not so much to do with disease because we're, we're quite good at uh, treating disease now, but what we're less good at is helping people live well in terms of those healthy habits. And what's particularly interesting for us at Good Thinking is that in our research, going back quite a few years, almost the same time period that Tomo has been in development, Londoners were absolutely wanting to have tools and support to help themselves early so things didn't progress into a more obvious mental health difficulty or perhaps as you're saying Gus those sort of physical health difficulties that we know can be pretty much prevented by healthier living so that sounds like a really exciting development. Gus, you've given us a hint of, of some of your future plans, but I'm also wondering whether Tomo as an app, and perhaps particularly as a chatbot, has some exciting developments ahead. I'm always hesitant to talk about new features before we've released them, but coming into the product in the next six months, I hope, are some more ways of interacting with the community. So currently, you only get to say yes or no to someone's photograph. 
But what we want and what hopefully should be live in the next couple of weeks is the ability to send some emoji, some sort of emoji reactions to people as, as a nice way of saying well done. And that will be will be different for each photo you do, depending on what, what emoji people select. So I'm really excited. Hopefully tomorrow I should see a functioning live version of that. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks that will be live. We are redoing the way we display data. So something you want to do for a long time. Currently, we just count the activities you're doing and put that alongside your psychometric test scores. But one of the things coming in is that display is going to change. And then longer term, you've been asked by a lot of our users to have more features around setting goals. And technically, the thing that matters is not the goals, but the doing. So we're based on the precept that you need to keep on doing something. It doesn't matter where you get to. As long as you keep on doing it, that's what's good for you. However, we do recognize that it's quite helpful and quite nice to have a goal. So we're building in our own take on your classic goal and reward system because we're very aware we don't want to make Tomo the habits. We want Tomo to help you make the habits. But that is, again, that's still in development. And that probably late spring next year will be seeing that going live, I would say. That sounds like a really great set of developments because I, I guess all of us are thinking as well of, of the disruptions of COVID and in the recovery phase, how we're all going to be needing, in a sense, to set goals that will help us return to those healthier habits, that lifestyle that did include much more of those activities that really matter. So that sounds great, Gus. I mean, the one thing I have to say I noticed is is also how Tomo the chatbot has been developing, because I think in a recent uh, video that you had, Tomo had been away painting their nails, which I, I hadn't <laughs> noticed before. So it sounds like Tomo is developing a few habits of their own. So uh, it's quite an intriguing development. Well, I think one of the great things about working in text as a medium is that we are free to experiment with humor and with being relatable. We started off with our concerns about safety in a very clinical and very rigid tone. And one of the things we've done over the years, we've worked with writers to create our personality and to uh, develop the chatbot scripts. And we, we continue to have fun. You know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to, enough to work with a team of people who are all committed to the concepts and to the product and who are all here because we were all doing this because we want to help. We want to make this product work. You know, we have fun working on it. We want to try and take some of the satisfaction and enjoyment from making the product and putting it put it into the user experience of the product. I think a chatbot with a personality seems to be something that could really help people engage because it doesn't feel like a robot. It feels like, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but some something with a personality. So that's a, that's a really good fun. Well, after all this hard work, uh, Gus, uh, I guess we probably also need to let you soon get back to, to developing Tomo further so we can help Londoners achieve all those goals and healthy habits that we know are going to make life better for them and even help protect against some of the impact of COVID. But before we let you go, we're going to do something that we've tended to do towards the end of each podcast which is to ask you a few questions where we're actually throwing you back into lockdown. And hmm. this started right at the very beginning when I think the first person we spoke to, Bob Levin, uh, the GP from, from Brighton, was one of the first people to go into quarantines, we were calling it. Um, and we gave him the opportunity to think of who, if he could have, would he have taken into quarantine, into lockdown with him? So I'm going to ask you now, I guess you'll have Tomo on your, on your phone anyway, so probably one of the first people to be able to take a fourth personality <laughs> with them. But Gus, if you were 
knowing that you had to go into lockdown, who would you take? What famous or prominent persons would you take with you? Well, firstly, I think I get a lot of trouble. I didn't just say my wife. But her aside, I think good conversation is important. If you're going into a bubble, it's important to have someone to talk to. And on the basis that I can resurrect the dead, yep. uh, the German 19th century naturalist Alexander von Humboldt is the most fascinating man I've ever read about. He has more things named after him than any other person in the world and came up with the concept of ecology, of an ecosystem, that the plants and animals around us are determined by their environment, not by physical location. And I think, you know, I could do three months of talking to him alone. <laughs> okay. I think good food is very important. So definitely going to take a chef. Or maybe, actually, no, maybe, because I, I think for me, cooking is very therapeutic. So I'm happy to do the cooking, but I would take the uh, Garden Observer food critic, Jay Rayner, because I think he's quite funny. And I think it would be very good to improve my cooking with such a fierce critic there. And to keep things lighthearted, I probably also take the um, comedian, Noel, now better known probably as the Bake Off host, Noel Fielding as well, because uh, he's made me laugh ever since he was doing very weird things with the TV show called The Mighty Bush in the early noughties. So those, that would be my... Uh, my lockdown right, bubble. Right, right. And um, everyone's got grey hair. What, what, even Humboldt? Oh, yeah. Instead of flowing locks in his youth and then an excellent selection of wigs in older age. Charles Darwin, when he wrote The Origin of Species, said that the, the greatest praise he ever got was a note from Humboldt saying that he really enjoyed the book. In his day, he was a celebrity. America held a state funeral for him when he died at times. But hopefully he's got a few therapeutic skills after you've had your food critiqued by Jay Rayner and actually I guess even Noel Fielding with his Bake Off experiences might uh, give you a bit of feedback. <laughs> Finally, we do allow you to take some content in terms of some media in with you as well, something perhaps you could have on your phone or a tablet. Could be a book, could be music, could be a film. I think probably for me it would have to be a book as much as it could well have been music. I think probably if I'm going to isolation, it's going to be Solzhenitsyn's and the Gulag, Gulag Archipelago, not just because that's, that's kind of how it feels, but also I've never managed to get through more than the first sort of 100 pages, and this will finally be an opportunity to break the back of some quite dense, relatively miserable mid-20th century Russian literature. Well, for the first time, I'm relieved you're taking Tomo in there with you, because if you're... So you're ploughing through that, you may be losing a few healthy habits along the way. So, okay. Well, you did bring up earlier that often many things in life are highly personal. And I think in this case, that's one of them. <laughs> We're going to allow you after, after that um, some luxury, though, Gus. Hopefully you won't be feeling too guilty when it comes to giving yourself something nice as part of your self-care. Uh, absolutely not. It's going to be a crate of champagne, okay. which I will need. Yes. After the Sultanetsin and the... the uh, the disappointed reaction to my cooking from Jay, I think everyone's I think gonna we're going to give you a really big crate. And I think we're going to make all the bottles magnums because <laughs> I shouldn't say this from a public health perspective, but you're really going to need it with that combination. So, <laughs> well, I, I, I think at least our listeners will understand the sort of intelligence and integrity that you brought to the development of, of Tomo. But I, I don't think yet we've had that type of combination of, of, of figures and content. And I think when you do emerge from lockdown, you're definitely going to have had some experiences. So it'd be really interesting to catch up in that virtual imagined world afterwards. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll, write a, I'll write a brief memoir. <laughs> yes. I, I don't think it will be brief. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much for giving us of your time today, Gus. You're a very busy man, I know, and we have been delighted to include Tomo as what we think is one of the most exciting health apps around. And we're really looking forward to continuing to offer this for Londoners. So we'll let you get back to work because there's some exciting things coming next year. Thank you again. Okay, thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. 